why do we need the peace of God? Before I can tell you how to get it, we need to remember why we need it. Without it, you will surely die sooner rather than later. Without the peace of God, you cannot achieve God's plan for your life. And without the peace of God, you will not experience an abundant life, the life that God has planned for you. If you're having sleepless nights, it's a good indicator that you're stressing about something, whether it's positive stress or negative stress. There's something that you haven't, you know, settled with. If you start to worry, don't. Go to God in prayer, and He'll ease that frustration and give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. Our world is filled with so many distractions and things to do that it frequently creates stress. This stress can often result in sleepless nights filled with doubt and worry. But the peace of God that passes all understanding can help us navigate all of life's obstacles without the worry, the fear, or the anxiety. In the first sermon on the peace of God that passes all understanding, we talked about what that peace looks like. In today's message, we take a look at how to obtain that peace of God which passes all understanding. Today we're going to talk about the peace of God that passes understanding. If you were here uh, for the first sermon in April, I talked about part one of the peace of God, and I gave you a little bit of information about what I felt like the peace of God looked like, and I did it through the story of Joseph. And just to recap real briefly, you know, Joseph ended up being second in command of all of Egypt. And it was even prophesied at an early age that he would rule over even his brothers and his family, and they would bow to him. Now the process he went through all right, it was a very humbling process. You know, he went from uh, being thrown into a pit by his brothers and sold into slavery and then accused falsely of um, sleeping with a woman that was his master's wife, and that was not true. He got thrown in jail. Then he, he proceeded to get forgotten about while he was in jail, and then finally he is released from prison and then eventually climbs to the rank of second in command. But as you read the story of Joseph, everything through there seems to be taken in stride. And, and my proof of that is that every step of the way, Joseph is given charge over more and more. And I argue that I'm not putting somebody in charge that I don't trust and that is not putting off the confidence of being able to handle those situations. And the only way I can envision Joseph being able to handle the constant just disservice, injustice, wrong things that happened to him was the peace of God. You know, if the things that happened to Joseph happened to us nowadays, I don't know that we, I don't know. I don't know how we survive those without the peace of God. You know, nowadays, if somebody looks at you the wrong way, we want them to be thrown in jail and totally stripped of all their rights and, and everything. We, we don't, seem to have the compassion that goes along with being a child of God. Now, I'm not speaking about just Christians. I'm talking about our world that we're living in. It seems to have gone to the point of, if you disagree with me, then I need to totally break you down. I need to totally ruin you. I need to totally get you to the point where nobody would ever listen to you ever again. And here's a man that his own family sold him into slavery then gets falsely accused by a woman that he's doing something sexually wrong, then 
gets left in jail, and he never should have been there in the first place. And yet I get very frustrated myself when things don't go my way. So again, I say all that just to recap what we talked about the first sermon. Today, I want to talk to you about how do you obtain the peace of God that passes all understanding. If you know what it looks like, how do you actually get it? Well, if you look at stress in our lives, I think we've got to go back to that first and kind of see what, what is not the peace of God. And I think it presents itself through stress. And just looking very quickly at the American Institute of Stress, they describe four types of stress. An acute stress, that's our fight or flight mentality. And the body literally prepares to defend itself. So much so it actually produces chemicals in your body, does stuff to your metabolism, and it takes uh, at least 90 minutes for that metabolism to return to normal when the response is over. That's a physical reaction from stress. Now, there's a good part of that because it can help us in emergency situations, but if it's prolonged, then it can have negative health effects on us, negative health consequences. Chronic stress is the worst one. Chronic stress is the cost of daily living like bills, kids, jobs, but this is the stress we tend to ignore or push down, and if it's left uncontrolled, this stress affects our health, our body, and our immune system, and if you don't know what your immune system is, that's what helps fight off infection and viruses and things that physically break your body down. I don't know how to pronounce this next word. I'm going to call it eustress. Eustress is actually similar to chronic stress, but it's the positive kind. You know how you have positive cholesterol and bad cholesterol? Well, chronic stress is the negative kind, and eustress is the positive kind. And that happens when we, you know, from positive situations such as marriage, a promotion, a new baby. We just talked about the birth of a new baby. Uh, winning some money, new friends, graduation. These are all positive events in our life, but they can create stress. When we think of stress, a lot of times we jump to the negative connotation. But don't forget, stress can have positive uh, connotations and still affect your body if not controlled. Then finally, the fourth area is distress. That's stress in daily life that has a negative connotation such as divorce, punishment, injury, negative feelings, financial problems, work difficulties, and I could probably go on and on and on and on and on. The biggest problem with these types of stresses is you can see a physical manifestation of negative consequences coming from it. You can see the health issues that are associated with these. For example, you're sitting in traffic, you're late for an important meeting, watching the minutes tick away. Your hypothalamus. It's a fun word to say. Your hypothalamus, a tiny control tower in your brain, decides to send out the order, send in the stress hormones. These stress hormones are the same ones that trigger your body's fight or flight response. Your heart races, your breath quickens, your muscles ready for action. This response was designed, I might add by God, to protect your body in an emergency by preparing you to react quickly. But when the stress response keeps firing day after day after day, it can put your health at serious risk. These are some of the effects, and I'm setting all this up for a reason, so hang in there with me. As I go through a list of these health risks, just do a mental checklist whether or not you've experienced it or you're currently experiencing it. Irritability, anxiety, depression, headaches, insomnia, 
overeating or not eating enough, alcohol or drug abuse, social withdrawal, high blood pressure, increased risk of stroke or heart attack, type 2 diabetes, heartburn, acid reflux, increased risk of ulcers, back and shoulder pain, body aches, more susceptible to virus attacks like the flu and the common cold. So my question that I set up with was, why do we need the peace of God? Before I can tell you how to get it, we need to remember why we need it. Without it, you will surely die sooner rather than later. Without the peace of God, you cannot achieve God's plan for your life. And without the peace of God, you will not experience an abundant life the life that God has planned for you. Think of Joseph in that story again. Without the peace of God, he will not get to the level God has him ordained for. Why? Because stress gets a hold of him. Anxiety gets a hold of him. He misses the picture of what God has for him. He, whatever, whatever the case may be. The point is that without the peace of God, we cannot achieve our full potential that God has for us. Philippians 4, chapter 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me read that last part to you again. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Didn't I just tell you that the physical consequences of the stress are increased risk of stroke and heart attack, right? There are many people sitting in our uh, uh, in psychologists' offices today and mental, institu mental health institutes as a result of not having control over their mind for whatever the case may be, whatever the reason. And right here it's saying that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't believe that's just physical. I believe that's spiritual as well, but I also think it's physical. A lot of times we read the scriptures and we see the spiritual side. We've been trained to see the spiritual in it, but there are natural, flesh, physical revelations in the Bible as well. The result of my weight is because I have not followed the plan God had for me in regards to eating. It's that simple. If I follow his plan, I'm healthier and I'm more active and I'm able to achieve more in my life. It's just simple science. Again, to surpass our understanding. We don't know how to get that understanding. Well, God said, you're not going to know how to get that understanding. It's set up that way on purpose. The only way you can get that understanding is through God, through trusting God, through faith in God. He didn't want it to be our ability and our strength because then we can talk about how good we are and the things we've done. Think about when you've ministered to somebody and they ask you how you did something and you say, I don't know, it was God. And they get a puzzled look on their face because they don't understand that answer. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, that's great. Now tell me what you really did. And God said, no, that's the answer. It doesn't go any further. How did you do that? I did it because of God. God is the one that did that for me. When we start giving him the glory and we start looking to him for all the answers, our lives get much simpler. They become stress-free. We begin to feel the physical manifestation of that peace. It's not just metaphorical. It's a legit calming. 
Surpass means to become better, greater, stronger than, to exceed. He said he would give us the peace that exceeds our understanding, meaning we can't comprehend it. So quit trying to comprehend how that peace comes. What does it feel like? See if you've gone through any of these situations. Peace, even when you lose a loved one. Stacey shared with you about her brother. I wrote this sermon a month ago, way before her brother passed away. But God will give you that peace even when you lose a loved one, in death, or even in separation, when our children aren't necessarily walking the path that we know God has for them. When they've gone somewhere and they're not even communicating with you, God still has them, and he will give you the peace when the world says you should be going crazy and pulling your hair out. How about peace when your spouse and you aren't seeing eye to eye? What about when you lose your job, have increased financial obligations? Again, we talked about getting married. What if you give the best proposal you've ever given of your life only to find out later that your wife was not that emphatic about your proposal for marriage? It turns out that waiting until the end of my brother's birthday to propose to my girlfriend at the time was not the best course of action. In fact, if it hadn't been for some of our best friends, she probably would have walked out of the restaurant and left, and I wouldn't have even had the opportunity. Evidently, it seems I was a little nervous and might not have had the peace of God at that point in time and was acting a little moronish. So... When I was done proposing and she said, yes, matter of fact, I was so nervous, I didn't even think there was a possibility she might say no, to be honest with you. If she'd said no, I don't know what I would have done. To me, it was just the next step. So again, positive stresses can be, you know, we need peace for those as well. If I had to do it all over again, which it's not going to happen, we're ride or die now. I would definitely pray for the peace of God, even in the positive situations. But I never thought about that, to be honest with you. And that's why I keep bringing it up. When we think about peace of God, we're thinking that we're going through stressful situations that are just frustrations. But even in the positive things, we need to remember that we need the peace of God to help calm us. If you're having sleepless nights, it's a good indicator that you're stressing about something, whether it's positive stress or negative stress. There's something that you haven't, you know, settled with. What about if you move into a new home? What if you get evicted? What if you're taking care of an elderly or sick family member? See, you can have peace through all of these situations. What if you experience a traumatic event, such as a natural disaster, theft, or violence against you or a loved one? All these situations, and I know I'm not the only one that can check off several boxes there. We can have the peace of God. When the world's sitting there going, I don't know how you made it through that, our answer can be God. That's it. That's the only way I made it through that. Dad recently had some damage caused by the flash flood we had a few weeks ago. And the worst part about it was, because nobody's living downstairs right this minute, that water sat there for a few days before they realized it had gotten wet. And it got moldy, and it got nasty. It didn't smell too good. They finally figured it out. So they called the insurance company, and the insurance company said, we won't cover it because it was a flood, and we don't cover floods. And he said, well, I want to buy some insurance in case it happens again. And they said, we don't offer flood insurance. Boy, they had that wrapped up nice and tight, didn't they? 
So now you got th several thousand dollars, not hundreds, thousands of dollars of repairs needed. The whole reason you bought insurance were for things like this, and yet when you go to take your money that you feel like you're deserved and owed because you've taken out insurance, it's not there. And the world says it's time to go off on somebody and to let them know how you feel. And I, I don't know for a fact that dad didn't have a moment of that, but I will say that by the time he had talked to me about it, you could see that he was calm and at peace about it. It just, it is what it is, you know? Doesn't mean he's not going to shop for new insurance carriers. Doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be happy about it. But he does understand, like we should all understand, that God's got it under control. That God provided that house, and God will take care of the repairs. How will he do that? Don't know. It's not my job to worry about that. Keep it simple. So how do you obtain this peace of God that passes all understanding? Well, Philippians 4, 7 was the one that talked to us about the peace of God. If you back up three verses there, Philippians 4, 4 through 6 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And I didn't put it on here, but that's when it goes into verse 7, which again says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you'll do this in verses 4 through 6, you will obtain the peace of God that passes all understanding. So if we break this verse down, there are four simple steps here. And actually, one of those is going to wrap them all up in it. Start out by rejoicing. Why? Because the Lord has this under control. It's just another opportunity for him to prove himself to others and to yourself. God asked me to give off the gross of my paycheck, to give tithe off the gross. I didn't have enough money in my budget to give more than what I was already giving. But thankfully, I have learned a few lessons, and it turns out when I don't do what God says... I'm not very successful. And so I told you I stepped out in faith, and I did it right this time. And God immediately took care of my financial need this month. Immediately. But I can tell you this right here, just like Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, I wasn't worried about it. If he hadn't taken care of it as soon as he did, I knew that he would take care of my needs somehow. I wasn't worried about the actual financial part of it for the first time. Daniel was not worried about the lions. He knew God had him in his hands. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not worried about the fiery furnace because they knew God had them in their hands. They had the peace of God that passes all understanding. We need to rejoice. We need to have a gentle spirit. And I got to tell you, in the current climate we're in, the political climate, the social climate, it is getting more difficult, in my opinion, to stay with a gentle spirit. Every movie we watch, every advertisement we see is all about retribution and revenge and justification. And God's saying, have a gentle spirit. 
it's not your fight. It's my fight. We were at the men's breakfast yesterday, and if you missed that, I'm sorry. It is on, uh, I did record it, and I will get it to the website uh, at some point. But Pastor Jerry just came and blessed us, and he talked about the fact that we're, we're not just citizens in the kingdom of heaven. We're ambassadors. And, and he said, I don't know if you understand that. A citizen gets in a fight, and it's them that's in the fight. An ambassador gets in a fight, and it's the whole country that backs them that's in that fight. We are ambassadors of God. If there's a fight, we're in the best army around. We have the backing of God. We don't have to worry about it. If you don't believe it, just go look up where a little country called Israel is. And their neighbors are not interested in them surviving. They're looking to blow them off the face of this earth, and I'm not kidding, right? They don't want them to just not exist as a state like on paper. They want them to be totally gone and eradicated. And yet, that nation, which is way, way smaller than the United States, is still kicking and alive. Why? Because God. We can't always understand with our eyes what the solution is. God didn't ask us to understand what the solution is. There's only one person in charge of the army. There are other people that help carry out that vision, but there's only one person in charge of that army. And the person in charge of our army is God. And he's going to ask us to help carry out his vision, not ours. He didn't ask us to come up with the plan. He just asked us to follow the plan. That's where the be anxious for nothing comes into play. You're starting to get stressed out in your life for whatever reason, whatever situation. You've got to remember the solution is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And the simple answer is don't. If I'm getting anxious, don't be anxious. Simple, right? Everybody shake your head no. That's why we lay awake at night and have sleepless nights, because we're worried about things. We are stressed about things. What's worse is we convince ourselves we have control over those situations. We come up with a plan, and sometimes that plan works for that particular situation or for a limited amount of time, but eventually, if it's not God's plan, it's never going to work long term. So I told you there was one step in verses 4 through 6 that would wrap it all up. It's this fourth part that says take everything to God. It's that simple. You don't believe me? God likes to challenge me and test me every time I preach. And since I was preaching about the peace of God that passes all understanding, he wanted to make sure I understood it myself before I brought the message to you. So everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And as I got a little frazzled and I started to get frustrated and a little stressed, I was putting on a brave face, but inside I was struggling. And God reminded me about this part of the verse, to take everything to God through prayer and supplication. And I stopped and I just prayed. 
I said, Lord, please, i got to have the peace. And you know what? I had the peace of God immediately. And then something else happened. And I got a little worried and stressed again. And I took it back on. God reminded me, take everything to God through prayer and supplication. Okay, God, I'm coming to you through prayer again. Give me that peace. Uh-oh, it didn't come this time. God said, keep praying. Okay, Lord, I'm telling you, I need this peace, Father God. I haven't got it yet. Let me. How long do you pray? You pray till you get the peace of God. How do you know you got the peace of God? Because you're not worried about whatever you're worried about anymore. It is that simple. Herman, you're a pretty smart guy. Not really. If you need proof, Tammy will be available after church service. I've got several pieces of paper that say I'm an educated young man. But Tammy will show you I do a lot of dumb stuff that does not back up that degree. But God, God definitely downloads stuff into my mind and in my heart. I do believe God does give me some revelations and insights into the word, just like he can do for all of you. You don't have to go to a fancy school. You just have to go to God. Anxious means extreme uneasiness of mind, worrying, antsy, on edge, insecure. Any of these words triggering memories for you? Nervous, queasy, tense, troubled, upset. You know what the antonyms or the opposite words for anxious are? Calm, collected, cool, easy. Happy-go-lucky, relaxed. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States. Over 40 million adults, that's age 18 or up, are affected by it in the U.S. alone. Anxiety disorders affect over 25% of children. Children between the ages of 13 and 18, that's one in four. One in four. We got to remember that the past is done. Regrets don't change a thing. We got to remember that care can also be a killjoy. We worry so much about our kids, and we're worried also that if we do nothing, then other people will say something. We try to solve these problems on our own in the name of being a good parent. But God's laid it all out. There was a song that said, don't worry, be happy. I don't know if the artist was a Christian or not, but it was a more prophetic song than maybe even he realized. I have a really laid-back teacher friend. I assume all Jamaicans are this way because he was Jamaican. And he was just laid back about everything. I went to him one time and said, can you believe all the work we're being asked to do? He said, no problem. I said, can you believe how crazy the kids are behaving today? He said, no problem. Can you believe that fight at lunch today? No problem. Can you believe how long that meeting was? I know. They should stop worrying so much. <laughs> that was his attitude. Just really laid back. 
that's how we need to be. Sometimes those attitudes appear aloof to us, like we just don't care. I can, I can remember Andrew Jones playing for the Atlanta Braves. And Dad and I would watch him, and Josh, we talk about this all the time. It didn't look like he was going hard after the ball at all. But when you got to looking at it, man, he covered so much ground. It was just effortless the way he did it. He did it so effortlessly that it made it seem like he didn't care. That's what happens sometimes when we're in the peace of God that passes all understanding. We start hearing people that tell us we don't care. The problem is they just don't understand. That's the peace of God that passes all understanding. So let me finish up here by just elaborating a little bit more about taking everything to God with prayer and thanksgiving because I want to end on that point because that is the key. You don't have to remember everything I've said except for remembering what the peace of God looks like and how to get it. Now, I told you four steps through Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6, but if you don't remember all four steps, remember this one step. And if you remember this one step, you will obtain the peace of God in every situation. If you take everything to God with prayer and thanksgiving, for prayer and supplication. Supplication means to ask humbly, earnestly. That means you're going to appeal to God. You're going to petition Him. You're going to pray to God. You know, philosophers tell people the most perfect state of the soul is a uniform mind. A mind that doesn't bend to trouble or allurement. Some people call this enlightenment. But enlightenment is based on reasoning and not faith. And without faith, there can be no peace. God is our father and thus responsible for the family. A child should never feel anxiety to provide for emergencies such as food or clothing or even how the bills are getting paid. We shouldn't worry about those things. That's up to our Father. Let me tell you this last scripture here, and I know you've heard it. It's very familiar. It's found in Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. For this reason, it says, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me just quote the most famous preacher in all the land one more time. It goes by the name Jesus. And he said, 
do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I don't know how else to tell it to you. It's that simple. If you start to worry, don't. Go to God in prayer, and he'll ease that frustration and give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.